Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. I've never been to Minnesota, ever. Um, and I almost wore shorts and a t-shirt yesterday. I'm glad I didn't. But uh, I live in Colorado. I wish my family were here, too. I've got, uh, let's see, let me get up on the screen here. I've got a picture just to show you. There they are. So my wife, Kelly, Gray, Chase, Hope, um, all three are in their teenage years now. So it's a whole new frontier for us as parents. And it happens way quicker for those of you with two and three and five-year-olds. A blink of an eye and, and they're this age. But I wish they could be here. I don't know for sure why you're here. I know many of you have come back year after year. It may be, in some sense, primarily for your sons and daughters. It may be because your spouse asked you to go. Um, but I've got a, a bigger reason that I think you're here, and that is that God has invited you here as his sons and daughters. And what we're going to spend time over the next few sessions doing is looking at what does it mean to live a life as a son or daughter of a good father. We know the scriptures, we can quote the verses, but what does it look like not to know more about God, but to know God more? That's what we're going to go into this weekend. And so in a sense, this is a camp for all his sons and daughters. With everyone in this room, whether you're 60 or whether you're 30, you're a son or daughter. So that's what we're going to go into today. Now, I want to start... I'm going to be showing you some movie trailers, some movie clips throughout our sessions, and that's because story is a shortcut to the heart. There's no quicker way to access your heart than, I think, through movies, songs, stories. It's like when you're watching a movie and all of a sudden there's a scene that's really not, it may be from like the Lego movie, and you're tearing up. Why is that? It's not just because it's the Lego characters on the screen, something deeper is coming through. So I'm going to show you throughout the next several sessions, several movie trailers, several film clips. And the purpose isn't to say go out and watch all these movies again or all the movies are great all the way through. But it's to say these scenes touch on something eternal. And I want to invite you into that as we talk about it. So the first clip is from The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. How many of you have seen that movie? Okay, only not a whole lot really. Only about a fourth. It's a phenomenal movie, it's PG, you can watch it with your kids, but the story is about a guy named Walter Mitty who basically has no life. Now he works, ironically, at Life Magazine. So a guy with no life, working at Life, and he, he's just kind of shut down and his story is stuck. So I want you to watch this extended trailer, it's about five minutes, I think the lighting will be okay. You guys can tell us if, if um, we need to shut more of the blinds. But watch this. And in particular, there's one scene in the whole trailer that happens twice. It shows an image twice. I want you to watch what that image is. Pay attention to that. And when we're done, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about why that will play into your story this weekend. Okay? That is a great movie. And it's, I think what resonates with so many people is, did you see the transition just in those couple of minutes of a guy who seemed checked out, zoned out, hadn't done anything, hadn't gone anywhere, to a person who's on an adventure and is passionate and alive? 
And what was the scene, the image that they showed twice? Yeah, the journal. And what did it say inside? Have fun, Dad. And what was in his adventure journal? Nothing. A lot of us have that adventure journal, allegorically speaking. God says, I invite you into a life of adventure and beauty and joy and wildness. And if we're honest, we look at the pages, and most of the pages are empty because the adventure journal his dad gave him was for something for them to do together with each other. And his was empty. Well, really, that's what starts all of our journey in an epic way, is to step into it with God. And so I've got an adventure journal for each of you here. And here's the really cool part. One, it's not leather. It's not fancy. It looks like this, okay? Spiral notebook that any kid would have. But what I've done is prayed over each journal and asked God, tell me something about the son or daughter that you want to give this journal to, and what would you say to them? Because sometimes we have the hardest time hearing God's voice for ourselves. So I did that. And in each journal, you're going to find something written for you. Not from me to you, from God to you. So I listened. It's hard to go through life with a father if you don't think the father speaks to you. It's hard to go through life as a child if the, if the father never says anything. So I've asked God, what do you have to say to your sons and daughters? I wrote it down, and now it's kind of a double-blind test because now we're going to listen as the Spirit leads and hand one to each of you. So if we pass by you, we haven't forgotten you, if that's just not your journal. If you get the journal and you open it and you think, I know exactly what this means, Awesome. If you say, I don't think this was for me, I have no idea what it means, even better, because that's an invitation to step into it with God. So my request is that you use your journal in all of our sessions. This is your adventure journal with God. So if you normally take notes on a laptop or on a phone, change to this with your handwriting for this weekend. If you normally don't take notes, please do, because you'll forget 90% of it by Monday. So we're going to start handing these out now, and we're going to, when we have everybody's in your hands, then I'll come back up. But just give us a few minutes as we start handing these out and seeing who God wants to have which journal. So as they finish passing those out, um, I would encourage you, put your name on the front, because there are different colors, but not that many different colors. And I want this to be something that doesn't get lost or somebody thinks it's theirs accidentally. So guys, in this journal, this is really, I hope, something you'll treat as your adventure journal with God. It starts with what's in the front, but it continues with what stands out to you in our sessions. So if it's a movie clip you see that resonates, if it's a certain phrase, I'm going to have some words up on the screen here just so it's easy to take notes and kind of follow along. But here's the, and the name of the session is What's Missing and Why It Matters. Okay, and I want to start there because here's the deal. 
I'm trying to get used to this little clicker, so give me a What's missing in our lives, I believe, it impacts how we live, how we love, how we parent, how we work, how we worship. In other words, it's really big. It's not minor. This isn't an add-on or a nice accessory or just something that kind of helps a little. It's huge. And our quest is going to be to discover what's missing, why it matters, and who you truly are. This is a journey I've been on for about seven years, and it has really changed everything in my life. And that's, that's not an overstatement. But the first step to seeing with new eyes is to let go of the belief that this current reality, your current world, the current way life works for you or doesn't, is the only way. The first step is to say, okay, maybe I haven't experienced hearing the voice of God before. Maybe I haven't seen God come through for me before. Maybe I think this is as good as life gets, or I'm stuck in a certain part, but let go of that and realize... With God, there's many realities. Jeremiah 33, 3 says it this way. Call to me, and I will show you great things that you cannot know on your own. Now, most of you have heard that verse before. Most of the time when I used to hear it, I would focus on the first part. Call to me, and I will show you great things. That's a huge promise. In other words, God's saying, it's an invitation. Come with me. And I'm going to show you things that are amazing. But look at the last part. The things are things we cannot know on our own. In other words, when you try to do life on your own, you're not going to know great things from God. Part of the deal is God says we have to do it together. So the great things come through intimacy and relationship with God, not just through us studying or us learning more facts. It's a relationship invitation. We have to start seeing our own story, capital S, the story that we're living in mythic terms. And when we do, guys, the best way to be, I found to be a better dad, a better parent, is for me to learn how to be a better son of God. The best way for me to be a better husband is for me to be a better son. It starts there. The best way to be a better mom is to be a better daughter, to learn how to be a daughter of God. Through sonship and daughterhood, we actually learn how to step into all of our roles in life in a far more powerful way. And the mythic reality, you know, there's this wine bottle. Um, I'm not a big wine drinker, but a friend had this bottle at his house and asked if I could take a picture of the label because I think it says a lot. True myth. I love that name. Myth, something epic, but true. It's like some of the greatest novels are not real, but they have some of the greatest truths. Some of the greatest movies that you love are not real stories in the sense of they didn't ever really happen, but the mythic truth of those stories really stands out, and that's what resonates. So what are some, just name out, call out a couple of your favorite movies. Lord of the Rings. What was, what was the mythic part that drew you into that? The courage? Okay, the courage. Good. Well, 
Yeah, and how they relied on each other, their community, their, their fellowship. What's another movie? Okay, Braveheart, based on a true story, um, but, but told in an epic way, the way it was put together. Remember the Titans? Yes. What was your favorite part about that? Yes, the soul of a man. And how'd you say the last part? Not just the color of the man. Yeah. All these movies that we love, you have to go back to what is it that makes it so mythic or epic to you? What resonates on a soul level with you? And then the question is, well, what about our lives? Like, we watch those movies, but what about our life is mythic or epic? When children are being told bedtime stories in a couple of hundred years, if the world is still turning then, and somebody picks up the story with your name on it, what will it be? That he made good waffles on Saturday morning? That she whistled show tunes really well? What, like, what, what is the epic, mythic part of our story? And to get there, we have to know what God is inviting us into in our story. We can't get there in our own strength. We can't get there by just, you know, people try. Like, a lot of people try to do these um, wild adventures to bring some kind of adrenaline to their life. And they're fun. They're great adventures. But that doesn't make a mythic life. A mythic life has a spark of the eternal. And you can't get the spark of the eternal in your own strength. It has to be through union with God. It has to be through intimacy with God. That's what I mean by mythic story. To show it to you in a different way, this is a TV, about a one-minute trailer for a TV series called Once Upon a Time. How many of you are familiar with that series? Handful, okay. Well, here it's in its like fifth season now. But this first season, to me, it really was, it only had a story to tell for one season, and they've just kind of tumbled along. But here's the premise. Fairy tale characters, princes, queens, epic characters, live in this world of their own, and the evil queen decides, in order to take control, she's going to pull them out of that story, drop them into a place on our world called Storybrooke, Maine. But when she does, she takes their memories. So it's the same epic characters. They just no longer know who they are. So they think their, their entirety of their life is what they do. So they're dentists and they're school teachers and they are accountants and they do really good things, but they've forgotten their deeper identity. So watch this trailer and then we'll talk a little bit about how that impacts your world. It's a brilliant way to show two realities. One person, but they've forgotten the mythic, epic nature of who they are. So they see their world and themselves as, yeah, I, I am what I do. I go to work here, I do this. And as long as they don't remember, they lose a part of their glory. That's our story as well. God's created us to live in a mythic, epic adventure with him, with him, actively, intimately. And yet, we're kind of like sometimes the characters that we just saw, where we're in our day-to-day -day reality where most of the day is defined by 
grocery store runs and do we have enough diapers and can we get the classes that we want for our kids and the car broke down and we need to get the tire changed and we need to pay the bills and we kind of go through survival mode and we get by but we lose the best part of our story. So I think that series taps into that because the first thing they have to do is remember. And what would you do? Let me ask you this question. If you were the person who was stepping into that and trying to walk into Storybrooke, Maine and convince these people who you really are, when they're convinced it's not true, how would you do it? Like, what would you do? How would you be the one to kind of wipe and clear the fog away and help them understand, no, 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 you're not really just this, you're this. What are ways to, like, what would you try? I'm really asking you the question. <laughs> what would you try? Tell them. And then if they look at you like you're crazy, then you have to try something else, right? And what would that be like? It's hard. It's hard because what we see and experience feels like the only reality. It feels like, no, this is who I am. If you knew my story, you would understand. This is who I am. And God comes along and says, you've forgotten the bigger story. You've forgotten the bigger story. And worse, a lot of times at church, we make it religious. And my sense is, God is the least religious person I've ever met. God isn't really big into religion. He's big into intimacy with us. When Jesus came, Jesus defined his mission in Isaiah 61 not to help more people become more religious or, or some kind of morality code primarily. He said, I've come to what? In Isaiah 61, he says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, everybody whose heart's been shattered, and I've come to set captives free. I want to give you your heart back, and I want to give you freedom. It sounds a little bit like Braveheart. It sounds a little bit like the clip we just saw. That's the message, and that's the mission of Jesus. I've come to give you more life. And so we're going to go into what that looks like. How can you and I not just hear about it, but actually taste it and live it? A quote from a book that I've written says, Every hero's journey, including ours, reaches that moment where we either cling to the known or move into mystery. The hero's journey is basically, when I was at Thomas Nelson, I started their fiction division. So the 500 books were 500 novels or stories that I helped authors put together and, and create. Well, the hero's journey is this premise that every story follows certain beats, certain arcs. So whether it's Star Wars, or whether it's Lord of the Rings, or whether it's Braveheart, you can kind of go, okay, this is the part where this happens. Like one of the stages is a sage appears. So, who would that be in Star Wars, the original Star Wars? Yeah, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda to some degree. The sage usually doesn't look like what the person wants the person to look like. Like Luke Skywalker wasn't looking for kind of a green frog-like 
character that sounds like Kermit, you know, or like some, some cartoon character to teach him wisdom. But that's the sage he got. That's the sage he needed. Every story that's an epic story has a sage. Well, our hero's journey follows those same beats. The reason the hero's journey is true is because it's true as a model of our stories. And we get to a point in our story where we either cling to what we know or we step into mystery. Now, guys, this is big because most people cling to the known. Most people, if you gave them a choice, do you want a happy little life or do you want the wildness of God? Most people, Christians, would choose the happy little life. Most people, if you said, do you want answers to all your questions or do you want God and mystery, where do you think most people would land? I can tell you all the answers to all the questions you have. Or you don't get really any of those answers necessarily in the way you want to hear the answers, but you get God. Which, is, which does your flesh kind of feel more drawn to, right? When I had a chance seven years ago to move to Colorado, it was a very disruptive invitation. I was at a job I had been at in a company I'd been at 20 years, loved it, was creating fiction and novels for people, loved story, had great authors, great team, uh, was paid really well, and, and had a great church, great community, we grew up with the people that we had raised our kids with. And then I got a phone call from John Eldridge, who I work for now, the author of Wild at Heart. And I had gone to some of his events, and I'd gotten to know some of their team. And he called and said, hey, Alan, I'd, I'd like to offer you a job here with our team. And that, that message from Wild at Heart had really impacted my world in a great way. It had awakened my heart. And at the same time, I was very comfortable where I was. Things were just going really good and really smooth. So I told him, no, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm good. I'll see you at future events, but I'm, I'm good here. And John said, well, that, hey, listen, that's, I hear you. Let me just tell you this one thing. We've already asked God, and he said you're coming. <laughs> so you might want to ask God about it before you say no and get back to me the next day or two. And so I went home, told my wife. She was disrupted. We prayed, we listened, and it was pretty clear God was inviting us into this mission. Now, the thing is, look at it on a, on a pro and con list, okay? The pros, um, well, we don't know anybody in Colorado, so wait, that's a con. Um, the salary is half of what I'm making. Still an okay salary, but that's not really an upward career mobility, okay? Con, um, we don't know what church we'd go to, Con, don't have any close friends. Everything started going into the list, reasons why to say no. And I was praying, and I said, God, I just want you to give me a hard yes or a hard no. Like, just tell me, do you want us to do this? Yes, loud yes. No, loud no. And as I had my head bowed and I was at the kitchen table, this scene played out in my mind, rarely happens for me, where I could just see this play out, and there was a corral. And in the corral were two stallions. And on the back side of the small corral was a rancher, old man, old rancher, cowboy hat, uh, weathered face, boot up on one of the, the posts. He was on the outside looking at us, 
Kelly and I were on the other side, and the rancher with a twinkle in his eye said, do you want to ride? Do you want to ride? And the two stallions were saddled up, and that was the question. And I realized at that moment two things. One, yes, we do. We want to step into that adventure of unknown. And two, if in that, in that image that I had, that scene, if the rancher had pulled out a megaphone and said, just do it, dang it, or no, stop, it would have been far less honoring. He treats us as sons and daughters that he invites. It's our choice. It's our choice. But we have to move into mystery. We have to. We have to go into mystery to know the God of mystery and wonder. And so Kelly and I did seven years ago. We walked into that. And if I were to sit down with each of you and we talked about our lives, I'd tell you it was really good. And it it has been and is really hard. In other words, it's not the land of milk and honey always 100% anywhere. But when you step into mystery with God, you get so much more of who you are and who he is. And your story becomes far more epic. Not safe, but epic. Now, what we're going to go into when we come back in session two, just to give you a little bit of a hint, is the reality of two realms. And part of knowing who you are is knowing what's going on in the spiritual realm in the world around us. And I believe there are two realms, two places that we find ourselves, much like that clip from Once Upon a Time. I'm going to tell you what they are, and we're going to go into those in the next session But for this first session, I just wanted to lay the groundwork, one with God is inviting you through this camp, through this time, just like with Walter Mitty, on an adventure. This is the journal, this is the conversations that we'll have that can change how you see everything about who you are. And the beautiful thing is, as you become more a true son, more a true daughter, you invite your children into what that looks like. Have I known this when I was six, four, because of my parents? I knew I was a loved son. I didn't know what the larger story was. I didn't know how to interpret life in in a larger way, in a more epic, mythic way. And young kids, they're so wired for this. They love story. They love adventure. As we get older, we start believing it's not true. I was talking to a a teacher, and she said, I've taught second graders and 10th graders. And in second grade, every student, if I say, who wants to sing out loud, raises their hand. In 10th grade, nobody raises their hand. They're actually better singers in 10th grade than they are in second grade. But what happened? They lost their identity. They've forgotten who they are. They've let shame and the world tell them who they are instead of believing who they were made to be. And we do that same thing just on an adult level. We do do the same. So we're going to go into, in our next session, 
what are the two realms? But let me leave you with this thought. Every decision that you or I make in our marriage, in our parenting, in our career, in our vacations, in our adventures, every decision about God we make is based in one or two things. These aren't the realms. They, they play into the realms. And we'll go into that more later. But let me just leave you with this. Everything is either love-based or fear-based. Every single decision. I would challenge you to find one that isn't. And, and if you go into all of the things that are fear-based, it's control. Trying to keep control of everything. It's not taking risk. It's playing it safe. It's anger. It's rage. It's offense. All of these things fall into, if you keep drilling down, the foundation is fear. Love-based, so it's not love or hate, it's love or fear. Hate is a subset of fear. So everything we do is love or fear-based. When you understand that, then you can start looking at your decisions and the story you're in and saying, I'm starting to understand why I do some of the things I do or how I see God. Do you see God as mostly somebody that's unpredictable and angry or distant? That's kind of more fear-based. Do you see God as a loving father who you trust even when it's all mystery? That's love-based. Parenting is the same way. So we're going to go into that because that's part of our identity and it's part of how we process and go through our life. And in this camp and in the next week, you'll make 150, 250 decisions, and all of them will categorize as one of those two, love or fear-based. So we'll go back into that, and we'll go into the two realms, and they all tie together. But for now, I just wanted you to have a journal, to know God's inviting you into this journey, to know that he speaks specifically to each of you, and that he's saying, Let's have fun. Let's go into this together. It's going to be a wild adventure. And from that, it can transform how you see yourself, your kids, your marriage, your work, and God. So we'll pick up with session two. But hold on to your journal. Bring it back. We'll be going through that more throughout the weekend. Thank you.